Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Bryson Johnson. This is Taylor Dimitrioff. And you're listening to the Betterment Podcast. Welcome back to uh, another day, another another time in quarantine. Um, it is it is going on a week. Uh, we're finishing up week seven, going into week eight uh, for myself, at least, of working from home, being in, in quarantine of some kind. Uh, it is uh, it is a time to be alive, my friend. Things are are moving forward in the world, aren't they? <laughs> Aren't they ever? Yeah. I think it's about the same timeline for me as well. So, um, so we're in the same boat, which is good. Yeah. How are you, how are you feeling in, in week, uh, going into week eight? Have you felt like from like week one to week four was kind of like, ah, this is hard because I'm, I'm kind of trying to adjust my life. And then week four to week seven has kind of been like, all right, I'm starting to get into a groove or has it just kind of been consistently just kind of up and down of like, I kind of feel in a groove some days, but other days just kind of feels a little bit wonky. Yeah, for me, it's totally been um, the up and down (laughs) where sometimes I just get total cabin fever and I'm just, I I just need to get out. Um, Katie and I had a big talk. um, I think it was this week because I just wanted to get out and just go for a drive and just go and see people. I was like, I just got to get out of here, man. Um, (laughs) So we had to talk about how just like, you know, it's not maybe the best idea yeah. um and we just gotta ring that in a little bit but but yeah but then other days i'm like yeah there's a bunch of stuff i can do around the house and this is great and i'm feeling good and um the weather's been nice which is which has helped a lot oh yeah i get to just sit outside on the front porch and just kick it which has helped so much well we went from like having inconsistent weather in manitoba of like pluses than minuses than then very much minuses and then we were going back to like plus one plus two and then all of a sudden we'd have a snowfall and then like literally in the, in the span of of two the two months that we have been working from home like you and i we have probably seen winter come and go like three times <laughs> like we have probably seen at least three different huge snowfalls where every time we're at the pinnacle of just about to be ending our our winter blues and we can start getting into the the summer weather and then all of a sudden we just have like this day and a half of just consistent snowfall and then the world just recycles back to what it was you know two three weeks beforehand where you know we had just had this huge snowfall everything had melted and just had this cycle over and over again like um the weather i i felt that the weather especially now that like waking so so right now in our place we don't have any uh any blinds in our house yet we're still getting everything set up so that we we get it all uh all measured out and good to go um so the the blinds and stuff are on our way so when we uh wake up in the morning um especially myself i find i wake up at least two to three hours earlier just because of the fact that we don't have blinds first of all and the sunshine comes up so much earlier so instead of me waking up at 7 30 8 o'clock or something i'm waking up at 6 6 30 easily because the sun has just been blaring into my room for the last like 45 minutes and uh, i'm not mad at it because honestly I, first of all the weather is is nicer so it's warmer out uh, the sunshine waking up in the morning so early is, is amazing. But I was noticing that like, I feel, I feel like just more energetic the last couple of weeks, like, especially with the weather getting better. Um, I felt like the sun has just kind of added so much extra oomph, I guess, into my life. Like it just feels like it just like the sun's out weather's getting better. I can start walking with my dogs. I can start getting outside enjoying the weather and everything is just, it feels good. I also feel like that's probably the case for a lot of people in isolation right now too, that are, are starting to get a little bit sick and tired or very much sick and tired of being stuck inside. And 
especially in Manitoba, people are really antsy um, to have this good weather, to have something to look forward to because with everything going on, we've been so just nothing has been in control. We've had nothing really to, to look forward to because everyone's like, we don't know what the end of the tunnel is going to look like and when it's going to come. And then the weather gets better and all summer like, yeah, but then the government's like, hold on, <laughs> just ease up a little bit. Don't go out there too long or with big groups because yes, the weather's gotten better, but it doesn't mean you should start just completely overloading the parks and, and uh, you know, soccer fields and, and playgrounds and everything with people because that's, that's not what we just did. The la- we just did not spend the last two months of our lives uh, sitting inside to then immediately have good weather. And then everyone is like, Boop, everyone just slammed together. No more social distancing. You know? You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. You froze there for a second. You're just up. Uh, no, I just, there? I just wanted to sit on that for a little bit. No, yeah. no, I think that's exactly it. It's just that we, we can't be, um, we can't just come and all cramming in together. Uh, but it's been interesting is that the, the new, well, the new news um, of this week has been that we're going to slowly start to open up a few things. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of businesses are going to come reopening like patios and things like that. But it's going to be interesting how they, how they set that up. So it's still practicing that physical distancing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that should be really interesting to see. I know that I think we're feeling a little bit better about maybe getting outside a little bit more mm-hmm. and, you know, casually visiting some friends or something, especially if we're just keeping that distance apart. Um, so it's going to be interesting just to play out, you know, dip, uh, my, my friend actually said it in a really good way. It's just dip our toes in a little bit, just to, just to check out the water, yeah. see, how, yeah. see how it feels. Um, but I think the biggest thing is that we still got to be smart about it. You know, you can't, like you said, you can't just cram in there and, and go, uh, go full 10, 10 speed on there. We got we to gotta make sure that we're still washing our hands. We're still keeping that distance. We're still mm-hmm. not, you know, coughing into each other's mouths or something. Ugh, I, I miss <laughs> that, but I mean, I, I guess we can, you know. I miss that a lot. I just, that's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> I think we did that when we first met. We're just like, hi, my name's... <laughs> Could you imagine that the first so Taylor and I met the first time ever when um I was I was selling my, my book door to door um and uh he'd contacted me via social media and we had gotten in touch and we're like, Kate, hey, I'm gonna come to your house and I'll give it to you. Um and I could imagine like me showing up to your house and 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 <laughs> opening up the door. Be like, hi there, mine is <laughs> just coughing all over my hand and my book and it's just germs everywhere. Here's your book now. <laughs> Enjoy. Enjoy um, that. But uh, it's funny that you mentioned the cabin fever stuff too. Like, have you ever watched the movie Cabin Fever? Like the original. There's like there's like a remake and there was an original one from I think like uh, I don't want to I don't want to guess the exact date, but I'm guessing in like the very late '90s, uh, early 2000s era. Um, uh, the the guy Sean from uh, Boy Meets World, the actor yeah, that plays totally. Sean, he's in that movie. Totally. Um, it's the only time I've ever seen him in a serious uh, film. So you have seen that one? Yeah, I was wondering if it was that film, and it totally was. Which, yeah, uh, yeah, the one with like the there's the infection in the water, right? Yeah. So the whole thing totally. is that there's a dude. Uh, I can't remember for the life of me. I think it's like 
there's like an animal there. I can't remember exactly in the movie what starts the whole thing, but I remember that at one point a homeless dude uh, falls into the, the town or the, the cabin areas, lake water that they also get water from to drink. And he was infected with this, this skin eating disease or whatever. And uh, pretty much once he got involved in the water, then people around the area started drinking the water. It's kind of like that typical like early 2000s or whatever uh, teen drama where there's like this big group of like college people and they go to this, uh, this, uh, this big cabin in the woods and, you know, there's all this, uh, there's all this like, you know, this dating drama and the sexual tension and whatever. And, um, you know, they start drinking the water and slowly but surely each person in that group starts getting uh, that skin infection. And I remember watching it for the first time. And I think the, the, the thing that creeps me out the most in that movie is, is the part where um, the, there's a girl um, who is getting infected. She's like the first one to start getting infected. And uh, they have to bring her outside of the cabin into this like shed because they want her to like be separate from the rest of the group and not infect everyone. And uh, there's this like rabid dog that's around the area that keeps on like scaring people. And, um, he, this dog ends up sniffing around the shed and they find, uh, they, they go to look on the girl later and they find out that the dog had like broken into the shed and was like eating her. And it was super, I remember watching it when I was like a, like probably like early teenage years and it was so creepy and it was so gross because like, I love dogs and then seeing a rabid dog like that, I'm like, no, so handsome. He's such a good dog. Why is he doing this? And then the dog got rabid and it's a whole big thing, but, uh, it's, it's that, that movie, um, for some reason, like as every time I hear the term cabin fever now, I can never think of just like the terminology of just being stuck inside. I always have to think of that scary dog scary movie. person movie and, uh, you know, all the, the scariness that goes along with that. Um, but that's definitely not what quarantine is doing that's not we're not there's no skin eating viruses and stuff like that but no so far my skin's been fine uh, my so skin's far. been pretty nice actually as i yeah. as i highlight here on the camera but wow. uh you folks won't see that so <laughs> i uh i'm a i am very susceptible in the winter to getting eczema uh eczema runs in my family especially during winter time because the skin gets really dry um uh, and then you just get itchy patches everywhere uh that's one of the best things about summer coming around is that eczema just disappears for me. And, and that's, that's one frustration in the winter time that always bums me out too, because you're always itchy and dry and you're tired and whatever. And sunshine just brings it out of you, man. It's, it, it, yeah. it brings a, a new sensation of excitement and, and uh, you know, the summer uh, coming around and all that sort of stuff and, and taking the dogs out. Um, Henry, our, our youngest puppy uh, has been getting taken out on, on walks in the new area that we live in. And, uh, he has met a lot of dogs. <laughs> He's the type of dog that every single dog that he sees, he has to go and say hi. And he has to go and, and, uh, bark every single time he sees them too. And he just can't leave them alone. Um, and, uh, you know, he has a good time. He's always enjoying himself outside, but, uh, yeah, anyway, the, the weather's really great. And I think that's, that's definitely going to improve how people are looking at the whole situation. And I mean, today is, is May 1st, uh, May 4th in Manitoba. Officially they will be letting like patios and different things open, um, throughout the, the I know that like hairdressers and different things like that will also be opening. Um, you know, what do you, what do you think about this whole situation? Like, do you, like, I've been seeing a lot of different opinions online of people like saying that this is, um, maybe too early. Some people are saying, you know, this is, this is, 
finally, like we can finally start to open up the economy a little bit more. Like what have your, what have your thoughts been on this since the announcement came out? I think it's just, um, like, I think it's, I think it's a good idea in a sense, but we just need to be smart about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said before, it's just that um, we can dip our toes in a little bit, but if people just start going full hundred percent on this thing, then it's going to be uh, bad news bears like it was before. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how businesses kind of follow these protocols. Um, like, I mean, I am, I am so excited to get my hair cut. Let me just say, um, (laughs) (laughs) but like, but I'm really curious how that's going to look because it's not going to be the same haircut that we're used to getting. Mm -hmm. Um, are they going to be using masks? Is it going to be gloves? Do I have to wear something? Like, do they, you know, do they like put like scissors on sticks and they just have like you just like very far away, just, <laughs> just, just giant garden shears. <laughs> <laughs> and they have to like use, use like a, a, a what do they call speakerphone or whatever and just be like, hey, so can you uh, turn your head to the left a little bit? <laughs> Cut off your ear again. Sorry about that. Refund. <laughs> Refund. Yeah. Like it's going to be really interesting, right? Just to see how this is all going to be. And I think it's going to be the same with the, uh, with patios, right? How they're going to have to set up each table and the chairs so that they're, that they're separated enough from one another. And I, I assume there's going to be lineups because people are just going to go a hundred percent, even though we're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, For sure. so, you know, I think, I think it's just, like that's what I'm worried about is just people kind of going a little bit overboard on this stuff mm. um, and, and not playing this safe as, as it can be. I think we still need to be cautious and still need to be washing our hands and social distancing and, and keeping all the same rules that we had before, but now just, but just opening up the opening up the, I don't know, lack of a better term, like gas leak, <laughs> just a little bit, um, <laughs> you know, just opening up the gas just a little bit just to see. I was thinking like the faucet, like the, like. The oh yeah. No, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the gas because I'm thinking about my barbecue, which I've been, I've been loving these days. Oh yeah. Is that, oh, you yeah. know, with the sun and everything, I, I fired up the barbecue. We've been grilling. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> Uh, that's again the summer weather man it brings out the best it brings out the the barbecues it brings out the pups it brings out the the happiness in people um in, in terms of you know mentally like how have you been like what do you think is the biggest thing that's going to help people when it comes to things reopening like because obviously there's, there's a lot of different fears that people have and especially certain fears can come around in terms of anxiety um you know people have different uh different things that they're dealing with what just just in terms of being isolated um in terms of being worried about being sick um i know for myself personally like in my family uh my sister is uh she works at sobeys um as a uh cashier type of thing uh and she's been working through this um this whole pandemic um and and it's kind of it's run her down a lot mentally and 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 emotionally um, and she also deals with uh, anxiety, um, very, very much so. And this is this was prevalent well before the pandemic, um, and now even more so. This has become a thing where she gets worried about even spending time with with family members. Um, you know, even inviting her uh, over um, to you know to you know just say hello or something like that. Um, you know, every time that if we were to go and say hi to my parents, you know, 
there's no way in heck my sister would would allow uh, to to be near us unless she had her um, her uh, work clothes uh, changed and stuff. And uh, even still, it was still from a distance and everything. Um, so I've seen a lot of a lot of changes from her where it's taken a toll on her. Where she is so she has so much anxiety in her in her already, and the pandemic has helped um, kind of grow that, uh, in a, in a negative way, because now she has this anxiety of like, I don't want to get sick. I don't want to get other people sick. I don't want to be around people that are sick. I, but I still have to do my job and I still have to work. And there's, there's all these type of things. Like, do you have any advice or any guidance on like for people that have that anxiety with the economy slowly starting to creep its way open? Um, you know, how people might be able to deal with that in terms of their mental health. Like how do they deal with going out in public a little bit more again um, and having those parameters kind of eased up a little bit, knowing that they're still going to have those fears, those anxieties and, and everything else that comes with this pandemic. Yeah, I think it's, um, I'm just thinking about a buddy of ours that's kind of in the same boat that um, his anxiety is really spiked up because of this pandemic mm-hmm. and the thing that we've just been talking about uh collectively is just that you know do what's safe for you do do what you're comfortable with don't you know even though things are opening up a little bit more and and things are going to be a little bit more accessible and whatever if you're not comfortable going to those places like don't do that mm-hmm. um i think like for your sister's sake it's a little bit different right just because um because she's kind of required to be in those situations. So it's, so it's finding ways to keep yourself safe. And so for her, I think she's figuring out these kind of coping strategies. Like I'm not going to see you in my work clothes. Cause those are kind of like contaminated or, or whatever. Right. It's mm-hmm. like, and I'm going to wash my hands thoroughly and I'm going to still, even though I'm going to see you, like it's going to be at a distance. And so mm-hmm. it's doing whatever makes you feel better and, and what it's right for you. Cause even though, you know, um, we have external things that are saying it's going to be kind of okay and blah, blah, blah. Uh, like I've been saying, you still got to be smart about it. Um, so do what's safe for you. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it comes down to personal preference as to what, how you want to react to this, right? I mean, um, in some ways, people will be a little bit more loose in terms of like, ah, it's okay. Like, I'm, I'm fine with going and seeing people again. I'm going, I'm fine with being out in public as long as I'm cool with washing my hands and just keeping my distance a little bit, I'm fine. And then there's other people that are still very much like, I want to stay home. I don't want to leave the house until everything is good to go. Um, I'm kind of like in the middle of that because I don't, I don't deal with, I haven't dealt with this in a mental health way in the way of like, I'm scared of getting sick or I have a hard time being stuck inside necessarily. I think like the part mentally that is, that is, hurt me in some way or another is just like, I have gotten, there have been times where I've been very stressed and I've, I've gotten, you know, very, very, uh, bummed out because of, of everything that's going on. The worries of, am I going to have a job? Um, is my wife going to be able to have a job? Are we able going to be able to afford our, our house and our, our life, uh, that we've built together? Um, you know, what is going to happen to us financially has been the biggest thing for me. Um, and I think like, you know, if you're, if you're the type of person that needs a little bit more, I guess, structure with everything, like, cause it's confusing, right? I mean, people are, people are, are, have been to- told for the last two months to stay inside. They've been told to stay away from everything unless you have to go out. Don't, 
Um, and now the, the environments are, the environment's starting to change, right? You know, people are starting to open up that, that faucet, uh, and they're starting to change things a little bit more. And, uh, it's good for the economy. It's good for people that have been stuck inside, uh, to, to go out and start working again, to be able to, to, um, you know, bring in income for, for their households. Um, you know, it's good for people to get out of the house and, and stop being stuck inside because obviously that, that affects everyone at one point or another. Um, but at the same time, if you are someone that is dealing with, with an anxiety around, you know, being around people that are sick, um, you know, you're, you're having a hard time with this type of stuff, do what's right for you. Just like Taylor said, like you shouldn't have to feel obligated to go out just because the world around you may be starting to open up. Like if you're not comfortable going out and sitting in a patio and, and, you know, having some drinks with a friend or a, a family member from, you know, a safe distance, then don't like, you don't have to do that. Um, the reason why they are, they are doing these, these, these openings of the economy in phases is because they're trying to ease the economy into it, ease the medical system, uh, into it as well, because obviously there may be another wave of people that are getting sick with this. It might be a little bit less than what we originally saw, but there most likely will still be people that will get sick. The unfortunate part, there's so many different factors to this is the factor of people don't want to go out because they don't want to get sick. They don't want to harm people that may get sick. They don't want to bring that second, third, fourth wave. And at the other side of it, it's also the factor of the economy is crashing in many, many capacities. I think it was yesterday, or the day before they had announced in, in the United States um, this week, uh, over 30 million people have filed for unemployment benefits uh, in the United States, which is by far way farther off than uh, what happened in 2008. Um, and so people are starting to see this as like, you know, I need to make money. I need to, I need to afford to, to pay my bills, to feed my family. Um, I need my kids to be able to go back to school. Like there's so many things in people's lives that although the safety factor is huge, the bringing in money, being able to afford your, your life, being able to afford feeding your children, being able to afford living in your home. It, 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 there's so much that, that, weighs against each other. And it's, it's hard to say what's right or wrong. Um, at the end of the day, I think that, you know, as long as you are doing what's right for you, you are being respectful to people. You're not going and recording yourself licking products in Walmart and then getting arrested on terrorist charges. Like some people have, um, you know, you're going to be doing the right thing. And like I said, there's going to be phases of this stuff. Phase one starts on May 4th. The next phase doesn't start until what, like at the middle of May, I think, or end of May, there's like the second phase starts around there totally. Third phase around the start of June. And you know, they're going to happen. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm tired of being stuck inside, but I, I get why we're doing it. I, I'm tired of, of not being able to play soccer. I miss my, my teammates. I miss being able to play that sport. Um, we were talking with our team yesterday and they're, they're already talking about how the, earliest that we can probably start any sort of season for outdoor is going to be like mid late July. And that sucks because that basically means that the majority of our, our season is done. <laughs> it's already gone from that point. Um, but it's also selfish in a lot of ways for me to think like that. It's not just about me. It's about the people that are much more susceptible to this virus. Um, people that, um, you know, could, could die very easily from getting infected from this. And we have to do the proper, we have to go through the proper precautions to make sure that our society and everything around it is safe. Um, you know, and, and as much as I or anyone else have their selfish reasons for wanting the economy to open up, you also have to be understandable of that. Um, mentally, 
it takes a toll on you because you have two different sides of it. You want the economy to be open so that people start, you know, not suffering in that way. Um, and they can start to enjoy life a little bit more again. And, and the world can go back to somewhat of a normal. And at the other side, you feel bad because you don't want to be one of those people protesting, you know, like in the States where they're protesting, like open up the economy, blah, 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 blah. Because people are, they closed the economy for a reason. There had to have been something going on uh, health wise that was, that was hurting people and to um, disregard what people are doing in the front lines in the, in the medical system. Uh, you know, our police officers, you know, the, uh, the public transit, like my dad works. Um, there's a lot of people that are putting themselves in the line of duty for their jobs. Um, and they have no choice because if they don't work, they can't afford to live. But if they do work, they're putting themselves into the line of fire of possibly getting sick. Um, I don't know, man, mentally it's, it's, it's tough. And I, I watch, I've seen some of my family members deal with this type of stuff. I myself have dealt with different things mentally. We all have. Um, but for the third and fifth time that I've said this, uh, you know, what Taylor had said before, if you are comfortable with doing certain things, do the certain things, be respectful to people, be, um, you know, acknowledge the, the different worries that people have, acknowledge what people are also feeling and don't, uh, pressure people into doing stuff. Don't, don't try and like guilt people into like coming out and be like, Oh man, I haven't seen you in two months. Like, come on, we, let's, let's go and hang out at the patio, uh, downtown or something at, at Calabria or whatever. Um, you have to be Carbone. I think it is actually, is Carbone even open in, in the city anymore? Like, I don't even know. They have like have no idea. <laughs> I, they used to be, I used to hear about them a lot, but now I don't know if they're even around, but anyways, um, yeah, just don't, don't be a jerk. Don't be someone that's going to go out of their way to make people feel guilty if they don't come out. Um, you know, we're all in this together. And, and so you just have to be, just be conscious of, of what people are feeling like. Right. And I think that, uh, supporting people through this, um, I've been trying really hard to reach out to friends and, and family and let them know what's going on. Let, let them know what's happening in our life and seeing what's happening in theirs and make, sure if they know that if you ever need any anyone to talk to then you know by all means come and talk to me and and uh talk about stuff vent um you know just try and be there for people in some way or another you know people need it um some people might be a little bit mentally stronger in some capacity when it comes to dealing with these sort of things um and the people that are having a harder time with this mentally need to have that support from the people that are maybe dealing with this a little bit better um yeah well, like you said, it's it's about playing your part, right? Yeah. And and that's what we've been talking about um, with a buddy of mine. It's just that you know we're playing our part by not not going full hundred percent to this thing and and touching people, hugging people, going you know going to all these grocery places and just licking stuff, like you said. <laughs> I think we still have to follow. I, I know I said this like a million times already, but we still got to follow those initial rules. Like still mm -hmm. pretend like we are in the first phase of quarantine um, and, and just keep, you know, keep everyone safe. Cause that's what, that's what we're doing. And that's how we play our part is that like, there's folks that are really vulnerable to this. And if I can play my part by being safe and being smart about this, then I can be helping someone else. And mm -hmm. uh, I think that's what we got to keep in mind is that it's not about, um, I mean, like it is about keeping yourself safe and making sure that you don't get sick and things like that, but it's also making sure that other people aren't getting sick and, and we're helping out our frontline essential workers because they're like you said, like they're out there, uh, on the front lines doing this work. So if we can 
do our part by helping them, then that's what we got to do. For sure. In, in this, in this whole pandemic, how, how have you been feeling in terms of the, the media talking about what's going on with people's mental health during this time? Do you feel that people have been talking about it um, enough where they're bringing enough attention to it? Or have you felt that it's kind of been lost in the shuffle of things and, and it's not being focused on as much as it, uh, as it probably should? I mean, it's a tough question to answer just because, um, because I work in the mental health world, I see a lot of this stuff more. Um, I just know that we're talking about like an echo pandemic where um, once this is all kind of done and over with, we're going to see this huge rush of folks uh, really needing mental health support because they've just been without supports for so long. For sure. So, I mean, we're going to see that as well, right? Um, I, I just think that folks are kind of in survival mode right now and they're just focusing on you know can I feed myself can I do some hygiene can I just can I get out there to get the essential things that I need that mental health isn't too much of a focus I I guess but but I think it's going to catch up to us where we're going to be like oh yeah I really haven't been looking after my mental health because I've just been focusing on survival mode um or the folks that we've kind of been talking about on this episode that have really been struggling with their mental health throughout this whole thing Mm -hmm. and haven't had any supports. And then they're going to be like sitting back and just being like, Whoa, now I can maybe deal with all this stuff that I just went through. And, you know, so I think, I think we got to brace ourselves for that too. For sure. It's, it's a tough thing because there's so much, being talked about around the coronavirus, around um, the pandemic as a whole, the financial stability of the economy across the world, um, you know, different vaccines and different things that are being talked about. There's so much that goes on with it that I don't think that there is, maybe there isn't enough room in the day for people like in the media world to talk about the mental health side of things too or something. I don't know. Um, every once in a while I'll see, uh, I'll see different articles. Like, like I was talking about before we recorded this, there's an article, uh, on the BBC called, uh, coronavirus profound mental health impact, uh, prompts calls for urgent research. Um, and in this, they basically are talking about how, you know, this is starting to bring up new, um, understandings of what people are dealing with mentally and, and how, um, something like this can definitely hurt people in ways, um, you know, where there isn't enough infrastructure in place to help, um, you know, people that are struggling with different um, mental health, mental health struggles, you know, there's, there's so much that that needs to be improved um, in general in our, in our, in our health system. And I think we were just overloaded with too much stuff. Um, and I've seen a lot of different stories on people that have taken their lives because of, of the isolation that's gone on. Um, um, I don't, I haven't seen any sort of rates on, uh, suicides as to whether or not they've, they've grown in drastic numbers or whatever during this quarantine. Um, that may be something that may come out in the, in the near future. I don't know. Um, but I have seen stories about that and, and it's, it's harsh. I mean, I saw literally a story the other day. Um, I think it was in the New York times or something. One of the top medical doctors, um, in New York that started dealing with the pandemic in New York and, and was in the line of fire more than anyone during that time. Um, she took her life like a couple of weeks ago, uh, because of the stress that was going on in this whole thing. And that's, that's the thing that, that there's so much, there's so many layers to this pandemic that people aren't talking about. And that's one thing that should be talked about more is the fact that people are dealing with stuff, whether they're in isolation or people that are dealing with this in the line of fire, you know, how much stress you're dealing with as a, as a medical doctor during a pandemic where the medical system is not, um, 
not built to handle this much, um, you know, problems, uh, with, with people's health and they're not able to sustain that type of, uh, that type of support for people where they're building out more and more extra hospitals and all these sort of things. And someone like that, who is, um, you know, a doctor who is, who is very well known and very well respected in their field still ends up taking their own life because something like this is, is coming around where they just can't handle it. Like it's, it's sad. It, it, and you don't even know how to respond to it. I remember reading this article and I was like, I don't even know how to feel right now because there's just so much emotion in this whole thing. There's so much going on. It's like, why did that come about? What happened in the, in the, the steps before that, 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 that person came to that conclusion. What, where was the support for them? You know, where's the support for the, the frontline workers that are dealing with this every day? Do they have that type of um, psychological support um, within their workplace to be able to help manage these type of things? Um, you know, it's, it's tough. And I mean, I maybe have talked about this in, in past, uh, past podcast episodes or whatever, but I at one point had wanted to become a police officer. When I first went into university, that was my goal was I wanted to be a police officer. And one of the things that deterred me from it was how much I knew that type of work was going to hit me and hurt me mentally because I am someone that if I see something horrible, something that is dark, something that is scary, it sticks with me. It's not something I can just let roll off my shoulders and just go, it happened, whatever. And I know for a fact that if I was in that type of position, I would want to have some sort of psychological, um, reass- like some sort of help in, in that way, whether there's some sort of guidance, some sort of benefits. Um, and maybe there is, I haven't really looked into the research for, for um, police officers and thing like, things like that. But why did this person, this, this doctor, why did they come to this time in their life where this, um, this was the result? And I want, I just want to know, you know, how, how could this have happened? Um, because it's sad and it's, it's someone that was just going out of their way to do their job, to try and help. And they felt hopeless and, and this is what came of it. And it's, 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 it's not being talked about enough, but at the same time, at least it's being talked about in one way or another. Um, I guess it is tough in one way or another because you can't, you can't just talk about one specific topic during this time. There's so many different things that are happening in this, in this whole pandemic around the virus, around the financial economy, around the, the frontline workers that you can't just focus on one thing or another. But um, it's, it's definitely difficult to see those type of things uh, being talked about that people that are trying their best to just do their job, to work hard. Um, you know, there was a, there was another story in, in the States where a gentleman that worked in uh, the same job as my dad, uh, as a as a public transit worker, um, and he had made a video on Facebook talking about his worries about how people were coming onto his bus and weren't taking the proper precautions and were coughing all over the place and doing whatever. And a couple of weeks later, he passed away from the coronavirus. Um, it's like you see all these type of things, and you and you think to yourself like, are people supported enough? I know from my I know from my dad's perspective, I've heard the things that they've done. Um, in the, the local transit system, they're not doing enough. They're definitely not doing enough. And my dad is just as susceptible to, to being in the line of fire as anyone else. He may be sitting in a seat away from his customers, but see, he still has to be in that enclosed environment with those people. Um, and unfortunately, transit is uh, known for, you know, anyone has ever ridden the bus. We know that, you know, <laughs> transit buses are not necessarily the cleanest places to begin with. To then also be at a pandemic like this, it's, I don't know, it's tough. 
And that's why we got to do our part, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's why, even though things are opening up and, you know, you're going to be excited about having your garage parties and hitting up the patios and, and going to all these places, we, we got to still do our part because it's, it's folks like your dad, it's folks like, you know, the nurses, the doctors, the, the people that are really um, on the front lines here. Um, even mental health people that are on the front line, like it's, we got to support them by being smart about this and, mm-hmm. and not, not just going all the way and, and living like there isn't a pandemic because we, we still are in quarantine. And so let's just be smart. Yeah, man. If um, kind of a, a silly question maybe, but um, when the world does start to ease up and things become more safe, when it comes to going out and doing things, is there something in particular that in the future you're looking forward to getting back and doing? Like, is there something that you're just like, man, when the world is finally safe to do this, I'm going to have a barbecue party or I'm going to have a, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm going to run around naked in the streets and have a, <laughs> have a fry. I don't know. Like what are you most looking forward to once we do eventually get to that point where things are safe enough to do so we're respectful enough to do so um, where we can start enjoying something. I know it's going to sound corny uh, and, <laughs> and a little cheesy, but I really, really miss hugging people. Oh. I'm a hugger, man. And we haven't hugged in forever. I'm not going to lie. I know. And I miss hugging people. Like I just, just, there's something about just giving, giving your close butt a good, a good squeeze. Just being like, I love you, man. Oh, so I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to the hugs. That's very cute. I like that. Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What's, what's your, what's your, I can't wait for pandemic to be over need. Soccer for sure. I can't wait to just be able to play soccer again, see my teammates be able to just be athletic again. Um, go to the gym. Uh, because again, all this stuff has to do with ha- helping me mentally, helping me feel better physically. Um, and I guess the last one would be just being able to just, have uh time with my family like being able to gather up my my family you know we um my wife and i just moved into our our first home and uh we wanted to have a big um housewarming party back when we first started getting this whole process together we're like yeah maybe around may june we'll have the family over and we'll have everyone excited and stoked on you know the house we could show them all around and yeah that's uh we don't know if that's gonna happen i mean i'm hoping my my birthday is in july hoping that by then we'll have, we'll have gotten to a point where we'll have, people will be comfortable enough and we'll also be allowed um, to respectfully be able to get together um, and do something. Cause I, I miss my family, man. I had to say happy Easter to my family through a video call and it was a gong show of just noise and no one knew what they were doing. <laughs> um, I had to go to my aunt and uncles in Lindenwoods and, and uh, say happy Easter to them through um, their, their, uh, uh, their glass uh, door of their of their front entrance there with the little screen, and uh, that was the first time in my entire life where I missed having a get together with my family for Easter. Um, and I'm not the only one, but that's that's literally what I miss. And I I would love to be able to just have that back. Um, you know, it's it's nice being able to spend a lot of time with the the family and the, like the you know my wife and and the pups and everything. But you know, I miss my cousins. I miss my my aunts and uncles. I miss being able to just have that camaraderie as a, as a family and just have fun together again and not be worried. So I'm hoping by July, um, there'll be enough parameters kind of opened up for the world that we can, um, 
can start to enjoy life, man. I just, I miss a couple of things. I just want to play soccer and I want to see my damn family. That's all I want to do after that. You know, I have a job still, I'm, which I'm very thankful for. It's good. Um, you know, making money is, is awesome, but the best parts of my life are the family side and the getting to enjoy things that I love. And, um, I just hope that it comes around very, very quickly because <laughs> I'm antsy for it, man. Yeah, uh, I feel you there, Ben. It's it's kind of it's it is nice to be past the point in, in the pandemic though that we're not hearing as many cancellations of things anymore. Um, whereas like the first like two three weeks, we just consistently like hearing about festivals and sporting events and all these things that were constantly being canceled. And you're just like, oh, this sucks. Like this is not fun to like. On top of being stuck inside, you're also just hearing all these like exciting events that were supposed to be happening just being pushed to 2021 or just being completely canceled. Um, it's nice to kind of be at that point where we are seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And I, uh, I saw a quote somewhere on social media where they're like, it is hard to see right now, but we are getting to the light at the end of the tunnel, which means that, you know, the economy is going to, I don't know if it's going to bounce back right away, right away or whatever, what's going to happen. Um, I don't know if the whole world's going to go completely back to normal, but I think that we are at a point where the hard, the, the harder part, at least the beginning hard part, um, is past us. And I'm hoping that now that people have been in this position where they've been isolated, that they've been, um, you know, hurting that, uh, they do take some more precautions when it comes to going back outside, just making sure you're keeping your distance a little bit. Um, maybe not shaking hands or hugging people or coughing into people's mouths. I mean, I know the last one is very difficult to, to stop doing. It's hard. Um, it's hard. It, it's, you know, as a, as a coughing, uh, into people's mouth addict. Um, I know, uh, this is a difficult time for everyone to not do that, but, uh, the, the best that you can do is to hold off on, you know, the physical contact with people for the time being to make sure that you support the people and love the people, be respectful to the people, do not lick items in Walmart and get arrested for it. And, uh, I think life will be okay. I think you'll, I think we'll be all right by this time next year. I'm hoping we'll just kind of look back on this time and be like, man, that sucked. I'm glad we don't have to do that. Hopefully again, um, in our lifetime, but, uh, I don't know. They say something like this happens every like 80 years or something like that. Like some big, big pandemic like this happens. Um, I mean, so 80 years from now, I'll, uh, I don't know if we'll be here. <laughs> oh no, I'm going to 200. That's my 200, goal. Eh? Do you have any, uh, do you have any family members that have, that have made it to hundred or past a hundred? No, no, <laughs> no. And like, unfortunately, uh, a lot of, a lot of my family members passed away when, uh, I was really little. So they were, okay. they were also super young as well. Um, but but that's that's my goal. It's, I'm just gonna outshine everyone. Be 200, gonna be wrinkly, gonna be just in a in a chair, and I'm gonna be hanging out, man. It's gonna be awesome. I I have this like it's weird because I've I've been asked before by my wife and like friends and stuff like um, the weird comment of like when do you think you're gonna die, man? Like when do you think is your time to go? And I honestly feel internally that like I am going to be around for a long time. Like, I feel like that's just like, that's just what's going to happen. I don't feel like I'm going to be passing away anytime soon. I feel like, you know, I have not, and not just because I do have like two or three family members that have made it past, uh, the 100 mark. Uh, my grandfather most recently in 2016 was 99 when he passed away. Um, so he was close to it, but just not there. The only thing that I don't want to, to have it be is like, I'm hoping that by the time we're at 
a certain age of elderliness that um, the health is still there. And I'm hoping that we have gotten to a point scientifically that we can hopefully improve people's lives that are, that are elderly. You know, um, I know that my, like both my grandparents passed away the last two grandparents that I had in 2016 within six months apart. And their lives were not that great because at the very end they were in nursing homes. And you know, my, my grandfather was in a wheelchair for the last five years of his life. He'd had a, uh, a stroke and then he lost the ability to walk um, and uh, also the ability to really form conversations and stuff. And it was, it was hard to watch, you know, from 95, uh, 90, 94 uh, to like 99, his entire last four or five years of his life were stuck in a wheelchair um, in a, in a very dull nursing home. It was a nice nursing home, I guess, but like, I just hope that the science of, of the world has kind of updated enough where by that point we can start to, I don't know if we're going to be in like wheelchairs and chilling, like we're too old to walk. Like I at least want to be on like a hover wheelchair, some okay. kind with like a nice little cup holder or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know why that's what I want. Cup <laughs> 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 holder. <laughs> like, I also think back to this too, and this is a, this is a weird, uh, a weird topic to think about. Like, but do you, do you think that like when you're older, like elderly age, that having kids or not having kids is going to significantly improve or not improve your life? So if you have, if you don't have kids, do you think that that's going to significantly, um, not improve your life as a, as an elderly person because you're going to feel more lonely or do you find like my personal take is that like whether you have kids or not have kids sometimes people turn out to be crappy anyways and like sometimes they don't come and visit you sometimes people have like because people grow up and have their own lives if i'm like 99 most of my kids have their own lives hopefully by that point they're not going to want to come and hang out with me every day so like i'll probably feel a little lonely either way but like do you feel like having kids is going to like change the the elderly side of you in your 80s 90s and whatever well i hear what you're saying like i i i i think you need to get to the point where because yeah like i i think like having kids would be awesome to you know people can come like visit you and hang out and kick it with you and and catch up and whatever but i think you're also like you said people are going to get lonely because people have their own lives and they're not going to want to visit you and stuff like that so um so when we're elderly and we're still doing this podcast, we're going to have to do an update that's saying, hey, my family won't come visit me. So how are you coping with being, you know, elderly? <laughs> we're doing Zoom calls at, at uh, 105 years old. We're just like, hey, son of Jim. So uh, my son didn't visit me for the uh, 12th time this year. And I don't I know why I got a vitamins. <laughs> I don't know why old me suddenly had like a, a Tennessee accent there, but I'm thinking like, yeah, like if you, I don't know. I have, I have like a weird thing about like having, having kids. Cause we're at that point, both you and I are at that point where we are married. We have a house. We have, or you're going to be married. Um, we, have, we have houses and blah, 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 blah. Um, typical state, like stereotypical type of, uh, you know, adult stuff at our late twenties. And the thought of having kids now is, is around and um, that mentally takes a, takes a whole new turn because it's weird seeing like being on social media now. Like I started going on social media when I was 11 years old. And let me tell you, back then, it was fun. All I did was have MySpace, maybe Facebook at that point. Facebook is just starting to take off around 2006, 2007. It was cool because I could just post whatever 
And sometimes it was really stupid, uh, but a lot of times it was just music stuff and whatever. Nowadays, literally there are weeks where I'll go on and every, almost every day, there is a new announcement of someone buying a house, getting married or having a child or their next child. And it's scary to get to that point where you are seeing everyone with like kids popping out. (laughs) I'm just kind of sitting there going like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready even close to that next step. My wife is totally down for that. Like if we, we wanted, like I said, like, yeah, let's have a kid right now. She'd be like, all right, whatever. Who cares? (laughs) Let's jump on board. But, uh, I don't know, man. Like I think it's, uh, I think that's another scary thing that, uh, you have to deal with as an adult is eventually have to get to that point where you're at that is kind of like at that fork in the road. You're either going to become a parent or you're going to kind of just live your life and be kid free and, you know, maybe just work and, and travel a lot and do whatever. I mean, like all of my aunts and uncles, except for one pair have kids and that other, that one pair conveniently just has a lot more money <laughs> and has a lot more free time and travels to Arizona um, like six months out of the year. So I'm curious, <laughs> where's the secret in that? What, what is the, what is the secret? You know, like I, I think like having it's a weird side tangent, but I just think like it's, it's thing. Like, the thing that I think about is like Maddie always thinks that like having a kid will help us for a lot of different things, like obviously fulfillment and blah, blah, but also <laughs> fulfillment, whatever, <laughs> whatever. But like, uh, she also feels like as we get older and if we're elderly people that having children is going to like significantly improve the like lack of loneliness. Cause she's like, if I don't have kids, I'm going to be lonely. I'm like, well, if you have kids, you could still be lonely. <laughs> it's like if your kids suck, like which like some kids do, I'm sorry. They will not visit you. And I just, I don't know, being an old man and having kids or not having kids is like, I don't think about it and go, man, when I'm 190 years old, I hope my, my dickhead of a son <laughs> shows up and <laughs> hangs out with me for a little bit or whatever. Like, I don't know. Well, I always think about the movie Gran Torino. Um, I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, it's so good. Um, it's with Clint Eastwood. Um, and it, it's exactly what we're talking about. It's just that he's, he's an old timer and uh, the movie starts with his wife passes away. Um, that's not a spoiler alert. That's just like part of the plot. It's just part uh, of what happened. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and yeah, his kids are just like horrible and they don't visit him. So, so it's all about like his life and, and, but it, but he's also from the Vietnam war. And so he's like wicked racist. Oh. Um, and so, <laughs> so, you know, I don't want to be wicked racist when I'm older. No, I don't think that's good. Um, but the movie's really good because he has a he has a, a family move in next to him, and then it challenges his racism, and he learns to love this one boy, and then they they create this bond together, and blah blah blah. It's a really good movie. So, um, yeah. So, but it's just that's just what I thought of when you're talking about like kids that don't visit you. It's just that that was his whole thing was that his family just like kind of abandons him and. And he's sad and lonely and grumpy about it. So what I got out of that was you really hope that that you can not be a racist grandpa and also befriend a child on your your street. That's what you're you're kind of hoping that will happen is that you just, you don't turn out to be an old racist man and and you hope you can make a a friend or two. um, Along the the way. Yeah. (laughs) Sit on my porch, drink beers and kick it with the neighborhood. 
I feel like if you're not if you're not a a racist jerk now, it's going to be very unlikely that when you're like in your 70s and 80s, you're going to turn into like a racist jerk like all of a sudden, right? I think like it's way easier to then get all those feelings as like a child and like being bred into that than to be right. like a 30 year old and then all of a sudden just like my entire perspective of life just completely did a you know 180 and now all of a sudden i'm like well i was tolerable of everyone and now i'm tolerable of no one at the age no, of 45 it. like uh yeah yeah I'm, so thinking, I, I'm not too worried about it no there, have you ever seen the movie um it's with adam sound it's called funny people have you seen that one no that one is a it's a weirdly so it's i, I thought at first it was kind of like a almost like a bio flick of like Adam Sandler's life because he talks in that, in that movie, it's basically him as a very, very famous, uh, but kind of like, um, uh, worn out comedian where he's like done a lot of movies and he basically, uh, kind of like started to, um, sell out and do a lot of like crappy Disney movies or whatever. Um, and it's very, it's very ominous of like, how Adam Sandler went from like being, and he even uses like old footage of, of himself as a comedian in that movie as his character. Um, and he uh, talks about all these things that he regrets in his life. And he talks about like all the things that he's dealing with. And then he, he uh, gets diagnosed with cancer in that movie too and stuff. Um, that movie is always something that kind of like very much brings around the idea of like, cause he's, he was like, I, he gets cancer and then all he does is regret all the things that he didn't do. He didn't start a family. He didn't do this. He didn't, you know, didn't go into the type of career that he wanted and all that type of stuff. Um, and uh, that's always been a fear of mine is like seeing that movie was kind of just like, obviously it was, it was a bit fictional, but I always thought like, man, wouldn't that be just the absolute worst to get to a point where right now, right now I don't want kids, but then all of a sudden I'm some old uh, famous comedian for whatever reason. And, uh, I all of a sudden, um, I'm sitting there going, I wish, I wish I had kids. I wish I had, I wish I had done all these things. Like, and then I wish I'd watched Gran Torino and turn into an old racist man who befriends a kid, <laughs> a kid on my street. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know why I brought up that movie necessarily, but it just always reminds me of like, when we're talking about the kids situation, how in that movie specifically, he talks about like all these regrets that he had, and that his life could have gotten cut short by cancer. And eventually he does actually get, um, uh, he does get cured of, of whatever he was dealing with in that movie. And then it's kind of a happy, happy ever after, but not at the same time, Seth Rogen's in it and, and whatever. But uh, I just don't, that's what I want to do. If I get to a hundred and something years old, I just don't want to regret my life, whatever it is, whether I have kids or not. Yeah. No, I dig it. <laughs> I dig it. Anyways. Anyways. Um, so that's a, that's a whole different tangent of, multiple different topics we talk about today. Um, final thoughts on everything that we talked about in terms of the mental health side of this pandemic. Um, going forward in the foreseeable, you know, next couple of months with the world inevitably going to be, you know, opening up here and there, what are your final thoughts of the day in terms of, you know, people that are dealing with this, you know, mental health wise? Um, what are your tips for, for those people that are, that are going to be coping with this new uh, change in the environment that they're, they're dealing with? I think be smart, keep up the coping strategies that you're doing because you're, you're doing a lot of great things. So keep it up. Don't stop it. Don't stop. Don't stop. Um, incorporate some new coping strategies because we can always learn new stuff, mm -hmm. figure out new things and just play your part. Just 
do what you can to help out, you know, yourself, help out other people and keep on keeping on. We're going to get through this together. There you go. I like it. Boom. Um, I have nothing to add to that. That's exactly, I agree with that. Um, you know, guys, we are very fortunate to, uh, you know, have anyone that's listening to this podcast. We are, you know, fully running into this again. We have, um, some wonderful guests that are going to be on our show in the next little bit. Um, today, actually, we're going to be publishing, um, our first brand new, uh, guest that's been on to our, our show. We recorded an episode with this person last week and it was fantastic. Um, so that'll be up today. By the time you hear this, uh, it'll already be up. So definitely, uh, listen to that one. Um, and if you or someone you know is interested in being on our show, by all means, please get in touch with us. We would love to have you on here. Um, and if you have any topics of conversation that you want us to talk about, um, we were originally when we were going to record this podcast today, um, Taylor and I had a list that we had put together three years ago from different topics that people had talked about. And then, um, very quickly we found out that we'd already gone through all the topics that we uh, were very comfortable talking about. And then there was others that we do not have any sort of um, background or, or experience in, um, but stuff that we would like to find people to talk about with us that have gone through these experiences. So, um, you know, if you are someone that wants to get in touch with us and be on the show and you're someone that has a great story, uh, do you want to share and, and, teach people about uh you have a topic on mental health that you would like to discuss with us by all means come onto the show let us know send us a message uh we would love to have you you know love it come on down come on down um but anyways guys that's pretty much it uh this has probably been our longest episode of just random stuff um but uh it's all good anyways my name is bryson johnson i'm taylor dimitrioff and you're listening to the betterment podcast we'll talk to you guys later love you guys